0: Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exist to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. My name's David, and I, I got a word for you, uh, a, a literal word that I'm going to need you to, to remember. Uh, for those of you who are not good at remembering anything, and you've already forgotten what happened five minutes ago, uh, you're going to have to maybe write this down, text it to yourself, I don't know, but, but here's, here's the word that, that we need to discuss and look at, the word overcome. It's a big deal, that word overcome. Some of you right now are trying to overcome your phones and figure out how to turn that flashlight off. You're like, I don't know, I give up. You're considering throwing your phone and be like, no, I paid too much. And so I, I get overcoming, but see, what I know about overcoming is, is that you and I both inherently want to overcome the problems, the issues in our lives. And you have, since the very moment you were born, same as me, I, I, I've had this, have had obstacles to overcome. It started off when you were really little. And you couldn't get to where you wanted to go. And this was your face. And what makes it worse, you didn't know at the time, is everyone else going, Oh, it's so cute. And you're like, I want to move. Or maybe it's an issue in the diaper. I don't know. But typically, we have our problems when we're younger, and getting from point A to point B, getting fed, getting changed, is like, Can't do this on my own. And it frustrated you. You cried. You screamed. And we loved it for the most part. What you thought, though, growing up is like, well, I'm a teenager. It's going to be great. And you became a teenager. And you realized this is not great. You still had things to overcome called grades. Maybe you grew up with the curfew and you hate your curfew. And you're trying to figure out how to overcome your parents right now. But when you're a teenager and you all of a sudden grades matter, classes matter, and and other people seem to be pushing in on you, other people's opinion, there's drama at school, and you're like, man, I just have all this stuff I need to overcome. And then there was this dream probably that hit you like, you know what, when I'm an adult, life will get great. But then when you become an adult, bills arrive and they have your name on it. And frankly, that sucks. All of a sudden, you've got responsibilities. No one else is paying for your responsibilities. And then you introduce your own kids into the whole picture, and you're like, what did I do? And you have this thing to overcome. You're trying to be a good parent, maybe a good spouse, maybe a a good employee, and you thought, wait a minute. I used to think school was difficult. I'd like to go back, please. (laughs) You and I constantly, from the moment we were born, have had to overcome, some of you, I've had to overcome more than others why I bring this up is this Easter why we're together I don't I know some of you were invited this is your first go at this some of you 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 anticipate and are excited about Easter but Easter is an overcoming story it's an awesome story Easter right, let me set the scene for Easter morning in case you don't know the details Jesus The Lord Jesus, the guy who walked on water, he healed people and proclaimed that he was the only way to get to heaven. He died. He was killed on a cross. His friends were mourning, were grieving. and, And Easter morning, three ladies in particular decided to go pay their respects at the tomb where Jesus was. Many of us are familiar with this. If you've ever gone to the graveside of someone you love, you care about, and you go pay your respects. Well, that's exactly what they were doing. They were gonna go and they were gonna go inside of the tomb and, and even put fragrances on the body as an act of respect and, and honor. And the problem was that early morning, we know somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., they had a dilemma. They had an issue. You and I have an issue. Here was here was their issue on Easter morning. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? For them, it wasn't like a a majorly emotional problem. It was a a physical obstacle. They're like, we don't know how to do this. If you're unfamiliar with what they're processing, they were very familiar with it, what a tomb looked like and what a stone looked like usually in front of it. The stone was massive. Absolutely massive. It would have required 10 to 20 different people to actually get that kind of a stone moved. It wasn't just some small ordeal on, hey, we're going to rearrange the furniture in our houses. This required tons of people to make it happen. That's why they put them in front of tombs so no one would go in there. And they woke up in the morning grieving with the thought of, Who's going to move this? See, here's the beauty. Here's why Easter matters. No matter what you believe about Easter, we all have obstacles we feel can't be overcome. All of us do. All of us walk through life. that would just, just take a few times, a days, a few years, and you'll, you'll encounter things. You're like, you know what, I don't know if I can overcome that. If, if you've ever been sitting in front of a doctor and the doctor says to you something that you know is bad news, and, and you, you're like, oh no. I, you, I, in fact, in this era now, we'll get bad news and we'll go research it online and, and we'll even scare ourselves even more. And many of you right now are facing the obstacle of something a doctor told you. Some of you, it's not that. It's a relationship thing. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your relationship with, with one of your kids or a family member, a friend, a coworker, And you're like, I don't know how to overcome this effect. Some of you are on the verge of quitting your job because of a person. Some of you are on the verge of quitting your marriage because you're like, this can't be fixed. Some of you, it's school. Classes were harder than you thought they would be more time-consuming than you expected, all of us, whether it's finances, relationships, health, we all wrestle with this. I can tell you why, because uh, I walk with you. Here it is, We we look very intently at our situation based on what we are capable of doing. Very simple, just an observation. Just trying to help make an observation for you and I that when we, when we encounter something that we need to overcome and we're like, can't do it, I don't know, when we begin to freak out and dwell on it, I don't know if you've ever had a problem in your life that you cannot stop thinking about and it just consumes you, stresses you out. And if you've ever been there, you're leaning in on what you're capable of doing. Now, I'm gonna give you an answer. You're like, I knew you'd say that, preacher man. Well, what I'm gonna tell you is true. Life should be measured by what God can do. Now, I know you expect that, anticipate that. You know, yeah, it seems like a Sunday school kind of an answer, a church answer. But it's true. You were created by God. And your daily functioning and opportunities and overcoming should be reliant upon God. Now, I know I tell you that, but I'll fess up be the first one to tell you. Uh, I have days that I do not think that way. All of a sudden, problem arises, phone call happens, visit happens with a person, all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, I don't know if this is fixable. And that's exactly what these three ladies did. They thought their only problem was gonna be like, hey, who's gonna move this obstacle? Well, when they got to the tomb, the obstacle they thought was gonna be their obstacle was moved, which then brought the situation to a whole Another level. Have you ever had a problem? You're like, this is my problem. Then all of a sudden you get more news. You're like, no, it's worse than I thought. And all of a sudden you're freaked out. That's what happened. Mark 16. Don't be alarmed, he said. If you're like, who's the the guy? Well, I didn't tell you the whole story. They show up and they're like, there's no giant massive stone in front of the tomb. So they do what you and I, we're like, oh no, they're worried that their friend who they came to pay respects to, Jesus Christ himself, has been stolen out of the tomb. Maybe someone's desecrated the whole thing. So they go in there and there's someone in there. It's not Jesus. It's an angel. And the angel starts to talk to them. And just like you, you would be alarmed. I do not regularly use the word alarmed. I do not look at my children like, children, you've alarmed me. <laughs> no. So because I'm a pastor and I like to study some of this stuff, I look at the word alarmed and be like, I don't think that's exactly what happened. And I looked into it, you know what the real word is? It's terror. They were filled with terror. You're like, mm, I got that. I got that exactly. They were filled with terror because they were relying on what they knew and what they understood. Maybe you've been there before. Let me read to you more of the story. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. Just a quick observation. You notice that the angel does not deny the fact that Jesus was killed. This was not a secret. This was not a conspiracy. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? He has risen. You do not appear to be moved by that. He, he was dead, killed. Why the most cruel people known on earth at that time, known as the Romans, killed him. They knew how to kill people. They killed him. It was proven in fact, they killed him. And now he's alive. That should be like, what? I've personally never seen this happen. And that should stir you a little bit. You're like, wow, this is a huge deal. Yes, Easter is about Jesus, about overcoming. And the first thing you don't want to miss is the fact that Jesus overcame death. He's like, I'm dead, now I'm not. I win. John 16, 33. He even predicted it. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. And if you're like, what's the classification of world? I think death is a part of that. Taxes I might put in there, but I'm not exactly sure. Take heart. Because I've overcome the world. If you're like, I'm not getting it. Here it is. Jesus conquered the impossible. So overcoming would be possible. He did what you and I cannot do. You, you can think you can, you can dream, you can watch enough movies that might be believed like, hey, when I die, then I know how to get myself back to life. No, you don't, you're not gonna do it. He did it. Impossible. So he made overcoming. He, Jesus is an overcomer. That could be the end of the Easter Sermon. Thanks for coming to Easter the Civic Center. It's been great to see you. Right? That could be the end of it. You're like that was a decent sermon. I mean, that's the whole focus of Easter. Is Jesus, 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 Jesus is an overcomer, and frankly, you can't argue about it because you'd lose. Jesus is an overcomer. Yes, he overcame death, but if that does not impress you, I got more. After he overcame death, came back to life. Over five hundred people witnessed him. It is written down in historical documents, written by people who were not Christians, but were like, I uh, can't deny that uh, he, was, he, was, he was walking around. Over 17 different meetings occurred, documented, locked in. There are people who do not argue it, especially the way it's told. There's more evidence that he beat death than many of the details we teach our kids in school. But if that, you're like, you know, I don't know. I don't know okay, well, let's, let's go a little bit more in, into more modern day do you know that of the original hundred or so universities that were started in the united states of america universities they ever went to college so the prestigious incredible universities the, the first 100 were started by people who followed jesus for the intentions of helping other people know who jesus is that includes places like harvard and princeton were started because of jesus i mean many of us as parents were like oh my kid goes to college What if a college is started because of your kid? You're like, I win that one? That's amazing. Hospitals were launched in such a way, recognizing what Jesus did for the sick and used that as leverage. Governments all over the world have taken the words of Jesus and brought them into their very like government-mandated, like here's what we believe, here's how we run ourselves, and it's based on what Jesus said. That's a pretty big deal. I'd say he's an overcomer. You know what gets me? Is that for centuries, we have told and defined time by Jesus. I mean, if you don't know, some of you, you you skip class, and don't worry, I'm not hating on that. But you know that there is this terminology before Christ as in, okay, he was born, so that's the marker. And then there was A.D. in the year of our Lord, and now, right? I mean, you talk about overcoming, you're like, hey, what'd you do? Well, I, they kind of decided time based on my life. Jesus is an overcomer, and you can't argue it. Because what he did with his life and even after his life has forever revolutionized the entire world and continues. And even so, listen to this. He never went more than 200 miles from his home as an adult. Never ran for office. Did not start an army. But you and I are gathered by what some would say in the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus could just drop the mic and be like, yep, and that would be a good Easter. But what blows my mind about Easter is this: because of Jesus, we can overcome. It is not just a story about Jesus beating the odds. It is an invitation for you and I. That's why I asked you about overcoming, because I believe it's a big deal to you. This is so significant for you and I that Easter is not just some, hey, let's be religious. We need something to be religious about. Let's talk about Jesus. No, Easter has everything to do with whatever you're wanting to overcome. And I can show it to you. Let me take you back to where I've been reading. Don't be alarmed, he said, you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Now, here's where this, like, changes our lives, blows our mind. Prepare yourself to have your mind blown. Are you ready for that? You're obviously not. I'll still take you there. Here we go but go. Tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. This changes my life. Now I know some of you are like, you're weird, right? This has been one of the most encouraging places of the entire Bible that I've ever read. It's absolutely amazing. And I think you've missed it based on your reaction. I think you're like, don't know what in the world you're talking about. Here it is. That. You're still not pressed. Got it. Okay. Okay, let me give you some history. And I think we'll begin to plug the pieces together. And you and I will find a profound meaning in Easter and overcoming. And oh, is it significant. Peter, if you don't know your history, Peter was a disciple of Jesus. Jesus. You're like, well, what's that I mean? He, he followed Jesus, spent time with Jesus, learned from Jesus. Year after year, he spent just learning and, and helping. And in fact, Peter was not just a disciple of many, he was in the, the inner circle with Jesus. Many, many, many conversations with Jesus. Peter was a disciple. But what you'll notice is God's like, all right, here's the deal, okay, this just happened, Jesus is no longer here, I'm going to deliver the news through an angel, angel delivers the news, and when you think about the most epic of news you could ever tell anybody, most of us do this with uh, at least weddings and things, who you tell matters when you tell them, all of a sudden God's like, okay, here's who I want to see Jesus first, here's who I want to see Jesus first. Make sure that these are the people that, that see Jesus first because this is a big deal. I want the disciples and Peter. Well, you should be like, uh, Peter was a disciple. <laughs> yeah, he used to be. But Peter disowned Jesus. He disowned Jesus and all of the disciples. He screwed up bad. Let me just show you, where the Bible spells this out, but in Luke, a little later, someone else saw him, Peter, and said, hey, uh, you also are, are one of them. Talking about the disciples, followers of Jesus, spent tons of time with Jesus. And Peter's response, man, I am not one of them. If you're not, you like, what? He just disowned the disciples. And in fact, if you don't know your geography, based on what was going on, Jesus was right there when it happened. He heard it. Three different times, Peter disowned Jesus and the disciples. That's called a major screw-up. Now, many of us have not verbally, like just some of us have, but some of, most of us not, but we've done it with how we live our lives. We've disowned God. Like, I don't want anything to do with him. I'm not having anything to do with him. He screwed up. Do you understand how profound the Easter story is that in the midst of, hey, Jesus isn't here, he came back to life, and guess who's invited to hear about this? The screw-up is. So now maybe it matters. Guess who the Easter message is for? Anyone who claims to be some sort of a screw-up. How beautiful of a message is it that God wants to make sure that who gets to hear the Easter message and be a part of it? Who gets to be invited into the presence of God? Is it the religious people, the good people, the perfect people, the the nice people? No, it's the screw-ups. It's the people that have tons of limitations and screw-ups and go like, I don't deserve to do this. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I'm not right with God. I've messed my life up. God's like, hey, I want you to... I want you to come along. Many of us think God is about trying to find perfect people or that being a Christian is about being perfect. It's not. Now here's what's beautiful. This is a restoration story. This is a restoration story of Peter who, who basically re- rejected Jesus and, and got welcomed back in. You and I love restoration stories. You and I love to hear stories about someone or something that used to be just messed up or junk and all of a sudden it's just awesome and we'd love to see it. I can prove it to you. Let me help you. If you ever watch TV, you, you may have seen a show called The Fixer Upper. I think it's a cult. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. But people go nuts if you don't know. It's, people... The, the show's no longer going to be even, like, it's canceled, and people, I think, cried over it. are like, what are you doing? If you don't know anything about the show, they, they basically show up to this, this house that's uh, uh, not the most beautiful. It needs lots of updating and this and that. And then we watch the show, and it goes from that to, like, I want that house right now. I want it. It becomes beautiful. People now design their houses based on this show. It's become a, a, a massive company based on restoring homes. There's other TV shows, The Biggest Loser. The Biggest Loser was built upon you and I watching someone revolutionize their life. I mean, I would watch it with, you know, a bag of chips and dip and pop and be like, this is awesome. I can't wait to watch. This is great. But, I mean, most of us love the show because we, we love watching someone get restored, even health-wise. I like the show American Restoration. If you've never seen it, they, they basically take just broken, rusted out stuff, and they make it work again. It's shiny and beautiful, and the value of it skyrockets. It's awesome. But my favorite show is Intervention. I love Intervention. Intervention is a show, if you're unfamiliar with it, has been on for, for years upon years, where literally there's someone who's, who's throwing their life away. They're, they're, they're usually addicted to something, mistreating people, and, 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 and they're dying physically, emotionally, spiritually. And the family and friends gather around and actually intervene, giving this person a lifeline, like, will you go to rehab? Will you make changes? Will help you? Will you? And the whole show, it's a long show, And I watched the show for the last 60 seconds. Because if you've never seen the show, at the the end of it, before it's officially over, all of a sudden text comes up on the screen. It's plain black screen, white text, and it begins to tell you what this person did. Did they live up to rehab? Have they changed their life, moved their life around? Are they healthy again? And we all sit there pretending that we're not crying, going, this is amazing! Because you and I love and value Things and people being restored. I don't know what you think about religion. I don't know what you think about church. If you're like me, I'm skeptical. But I can tell you about the Easter story. And the Easter story tells us if you have limitations in your life, if you have screw-ups in your life, if you have an obstacle in your life, Easter happened. And it... Dealt with that. What is the obstacle in your life? I would imagine you know it. You don't have to think too, too difficult. I mean, it's not, you're like, I got it. Some of you are going, well, How many do I list? Maybe it is relationship oriented. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's health. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's you and God. You're not very close to God, don't think about God much. Maybe you're full of a life of, oh, I got this screw up and this screw up, so I gave up. See, sometimes I think the the biggest obstacle is ourselves, if you're willing to be honest. But if you're at a place right now where you would like to hear from me, or more specifically from God, okay, I've got obstacles, how do I overcome them? Let me show you words from the Bible. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Whatever your obstacle is that you you listed or your obstacles, I would tell you the way to fully overcome whatever it is. You know, that stone that you and I have in our lives, it just shows up uninvited but shows up and we begin to go, oh no, is this my final chapter? It doesn't have to be if you believe that Jesus is your overcomer. The Bible even gives more description to this. Second Corinthians, for God made Christ, Jesus, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin to take your screw up and my screw up and he's like I have a solution to overcome that so that we would be made right with God through Christ made right with God if you want to begin a lifestyle in which you overcome the impossible if you want to live a fulfilling life I would tell you Jesus he's the overcomer Jesus He is the one who's offered to walk with you. In thinking about this, my mind went immediately back to the scene that the ladies would have shown up to. If you haven't visualized it, let me help you again. There's a stone. It's been moved away. Different people focus on different things on Easter. Usually we... We end with, there's an empty tomb and, and what that means. And that's a big deal. I think, I think that's important. I'm not belittling that. That's critical. But I'm about to say something that's so cheesy. No, I only say that because I'm really insecure about it. Did you ever do that? You have a conversation with someone like, hey, that's, it's cheesy. I don't even know if I really, I, I'm not, I, I just, I don't know what to say. I'm scared. Sometimes when you're, but I'm just, something, something hit me. And I thought, I, I don't want to keep it from you. Doesn't that kind of look like the letter O? Told you. Some of you are just gonna—you're gonna just make fun of me. It's fine. (laughs) Looks like the letter O to me, and to some of you, yeah, for obstacle. No, for me, when I see this, I see overcome. Because frankly, if. Jesus can overcome death. He can overcome my screw-ups and my limitations. The stone is a symbol that our greatest obstacle has been overcome. I don't know what you would list and what you've listed and what you've been thinking about and what you've been dwelling on with that. But the stone is a symbol You do, you're aware, I mean, Jesus could have, like, tipped it over, right? He could have just walked through it, which would have spooked all of us, like, whoa. I would have blown it up, just I think that sounds fun. Ever think about how he scooted it over? Wonder why? Why? Maybe it was designed to be a symbol for you and I, all the way to 2018, where we're like, man, I got these problems. I got this giant, massive stone in front of me. And Jesus is like, I can help you overcome that. If you wanna know why we exist as a church, why we gather at the Civic Center on Easter, it's because Jesus is an overcomer and he wants to help you overcome. So this can go really one of two ways. Maybe, maybe you've already decided to follow Jesus. You would call yourself a Christian. You're like, David, I, I serve Jesus. I live for Jesus. I, I even prayed a prayer where I surrendered my life to Jesus. But I, I got this obstacle, David. I got this obstacle. It's a big deal in my life. Well, then what I would tell you is this, is you let the Easter story. And you dwell on those three ladies that they they too believed in Jesus and they struggled with their obstacle and I would say that you should begin to pray and say God will you, will you help me with this obstacle I know some of you are going to pray uh, will you take the obstacle away <laughs> and I know that would be fun but maybe your prayer is will you help me overcome this obstacle But I know that that's not all of us. I make no assumptions of you. I know that not all of us have surrendered our lives to Jesus. Not all of us would call ourselves Christians or or have actually lived a life for Jesus, surrendered to Jesus. I know not all of us have done that. But if you'd like to. I can lead you in a prayer. I can help you have a conversation with God where you don't have to wait for some other moment. It could be this, 2018, Easter, where you turn your life over, you surrender your life to Jesus, say, if he's an overcomer, I wanna be with him. Here's what the Bible says to do. It begins somewhere. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Sometimes we like believe, believe in your heart. What is that? Like, is that like, I don't know. Is that religion? Well, I can tell you because again, I've nerded out on the words. I can tell you what this means. This, this is a conviction where you would say, I believe this to be true. And it drives my life if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and are convicted in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God that's overcoming being made right with God I'll tell you as a pastor, do you know the number one fear of anyone and everyone that I've ever sat with at the edge of their bed as they're contemplating the end of their life is almost always this. Am I right with God? So you can wait till then or now is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. If you miss some of the wording, I decided to highlight some of it just so you don't miss it. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Openly declare it. Sometimes we believe, oh, this is just a private thing. No, there's an open declaration. So here's what I'd like to do. If you don't currently follow Jesus as your Savior, your overcomer, to lead you simply in a time where you would declare that to him. So so if you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and and I'm just if you need the words to say you can just speak these to God privately, silently, he will hear you. But if you're ready to let Jesus be lord of your life, pray these words to him. God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for living my way and only my way. God, would you wash all my sins away? Would you make me right with you? I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose back to life for me. And today I decide, God, to follow you. I am now yours. Help me to overcome walk with me, but I am yours. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen.